everybody, and welcome to another episode of Songs from the Basement. And yes, today this is a third part, third installment of Songs from the Basement with our special guest, Dave Levine. Thank you very much, Dave, for coming back and doing a third part with us. Well, actually, we uh, paid you to do that, so uh, that's okay. It's in the six digits. Six dollars. That's all he gets for uh, being in the basement doing a show with us. Anyway, uh, today we will be talking about life, love, music, and uh, we'll keep the sex to another show, I guess. Uh, unless you want to talk about sex. I don't know. Um, anyway, today we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff as we were in the last couple shows. And uh, anyway, Dave is uh, very interesting when he gets into to the studio. And we had a really good time throwing uh, part three together. So hopefully you will all enjoy. So here we go with part three. Dave Levine as our guest with Stuart Held in Songs from the Basement. Uh, we're going to play a song that um, Rosie Greer, of all things, he played for the L.A. Rams uh, football team back in the 60s, early 70s. And he actually had a singing career. Okay. Okay. Well, he's got a, he's got he's got at least one record because he's about to play it. So we know that <laughs> one record may not does not a career make, but apparently he had a career. Yeah, he did. Anyway, it's just a good version of it. I first heard this version on the Hollywood Palace, but he did it live. But this is a different version of it. Here's Rosie Greer on Songs from the Basement singing his version of Spanish Harlem. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. 
With one of the largest collections of rock and roll, we're still growing, and why not? This is Songs from the Basement. Smith from their album number two, Get Your Wings, and the same uh, 
what is it? Same, Same old, old song and dance. That's right. That's it. Actually, it's one of the standout tracks from the album uh, from 1974. And uh, let's see. Let's turn the microphone up a little bit. Okay, there we go. That's an album, that's an album that really has very few uh, misses. Yeah. That, that, I mean, it's, their, it's their second studio album, but it's really, really good. If you're not familiar with it, if all you know from Aerosmith is Walk This Way, or Sweet Emotion, Dream or God of. forbid, the only thing you know of them is um, Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Or don't uh, Dude Looks Like a Lady. <laughs> yeah, or Pernification, which aren't, Pernification's a good CD, don't get me wrong, but uh, this album is really, really good. Actually, the first handful of albums, uh, yeah. uh, the self-titled album, which it's, it, it's people call it Featuring Dream On because it's on the sleeve, but that's not the title. Um, this one, Toys in the Attic, Rocks, um, I actually like uh, I like right uh, night in the ruts. Night in the ruts is a good, a good album. album. And um, rock in a hard place and done with mirrors. Done with mirrors is a really really good album. That was an underrated record. They weren't. Uh, that was during their lean part. They they couldn't uh, really get any airplay with that one. The next record after that, permanent vacation, really became a huge hit again. Because that that's and that came out after um, the Run DMC. Thing. That's right. That's and what then got that them back. that's what got him back. Yeah, because yeah. that introduced him to a whole new audience. Mm-hmm. But um, the stuff uh, up to Rock and a Hard Place again. Yeah, it was their lean period. Um, they even changed. Well, they changed guitarists for one album because Rick Dufay, I think. Right. Was yeah. Because Rick has uh, Rock and a Hard Place. I forgot that one. Because because uh, uh, Joe and and Steve had a falling out, and Joe had his self titled uh, Joe Perry project. That, that was good too. Both albums. Yeah. Were very that good. was yeah. That was not yeah. bad. But. Um, I I done with mirrors is a very 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 good album. You forced me to play it at WMMR too, and I'm glad you did. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it was really good. So you know another record we uh, forgot to uh, mention, which was okay. It wasn't bad. Uh, Draw the line. It oh yes, wasn't yes. a great record, but it was okay. It, they waited two years until they. Um, let me think here. Year and a half, uh, because everyone was waiting, waiting because Rocks was out for so long. It's like, what happened to Aerosmith, man? Then they come up with this, draw the line. They're like, oh, well, let's have another record. And then they come in with a Sgt. Pepper movie doing Come Together right. uh, with uh, Bean Cheese and yep. uh, Peter Frampton. Yeah, they were, in, they were just passing through that movie, but they did the song Come Together. I okay. liked I liked uh, I I liked that version of Come Together, but um, the reason that I I mentioned this album uh, Get Your Wings to Stew was um, my brother was an influence on my musical tastes starting in the early seventies to mid seventies. Mm-hmm. He introduced me to Aerosmith. He introduced me to Deep Purple. He introduced me to Rush. He introduced me to Black Sabbath, and um, it was it wasn't. I, I don't think he... I, I want to say it was the stuff off Toys in the Attic first, but then I went back and uh, really dug Get Your Wings. I really, really liked that album. But I was... I mean, Toys in the Attic was my first exposure to it because of um, Walk This Way. But then going back to this album, I really liked this album from start to finish. Get Your Wings is a great album. Yeah, and... Um, oh, I was going to mention something else that uh, you probably know about by now. Um, in 1978, they put out their live bootleg album. And along with that, they put out a 45. Let me catch my breath here. Okay, <clears throat> they put out a 45, and uh, there were two songs from, you know, on one side of the 45 was uh, two songs from 
uh, their live record. Chip Away the Stone and SOS. And I think SOS is off Get Your Wings, the studio version. Yes, that is correct. But then they put on the uh, A side, the studio version, which was not on any other albums. It probably would have been off either Life in the Nuts or Ruts or Draw the Line. Night in the Ruts. Light in, that's Night. Because they, they, the they, they transposed those two Oops. letters on the back cover. There you go. Okay, my mistake. Freudian slip. But uh, the song Chip Away the Stone was only on a 45, and I remember hearing it uh, somewhere, not on the radio, but maybe one of my other friends that had the 45, and I loved it. And um, I couldn't find the 45 for two years until, like, uh, early 1980, and I saw it at a place called Don Leary's Record Store, and I, I snapped it up. And I brought it home, and I was just—I listened to it about four or five times, and I thought, okay, I'm going to cart this for our old station, KDXL. And everyone started to play this, thinking it's a new song by Aerosmith. They're like, yeah, but I looked. It's not on Life in the Nuts, man. Where is it? And I said, oh, no, no, it's, a, it's an older song. It's a single only, but you can play it anyway. So uh, people were just, like, confused. Where did this come from, this Aerosmith song? And I said, no, it's old. It's a 45. You know, I couldn't explain it anymore. Well, people um, aren't. People aren't. Uh, back in the day, back in the 60s. Yeah. Thank you. Back in the 60s, artists didn't put all of their songs on their albums. They released True. singles and then they released albums and the singles weren't necessarily. And most of the time they weren't on the albums. And they didn't promote them either. So if you weren't buying the 45s, you didn't know those songs existed. Exactly right. That's my one little thing. Elton John did that a lot. The Beatles did that Beatles did that a few times. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Every time there was a single out there, there was a you got to buy the 45 and flip it over. You get a new song. Right. Springsteen did that a couple times, even though you don't have to buy Springsteen records. Thank goodness. I know what you think, but um, I did because I, I wanted all the uh, strange uh, n- new songs. Okay. And Paul McCartney, when he was uh, putting out singles under Wings, uh, he did that a lot, too, because he wanted people to buy the albums plus the 45s so, you know, so he could make more money. And uh, who else it. did that? A lot of people did that. The Hollies. Um, a band that's kind of forgotten now, but they were a big influence on Led Zeppelin and people like that. Did you know that the whole lot of love by Zeppelin would have never been recorded if it wasn't for the influence of the Hollies? Really? There was a song called Not That Way At All that was exactly whole lot of love. Okay. And, I mean, a little bit different, but uh, they had the same style with the little noises in the middle of it. And then uh, Kiss uh, did Shout It Out Loud right. based off a Holly song called I Want to Shout. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. cool. So, but getting back to the other stuff, like, yeah, there were a lot of artists that um, would uh, put out records and the 45s would always, you always got to check that B side because it might be a new song. Yeah, the 45s, they would do the 45s just to keep the artists fresh in the public's mind. And then maybe half a year later, they might come up with an album of other material. But they never, they weren't necessarily married together. It wasn't like the 45 would then show up on the album later on. They'd be completely different songs. 
I used to call it, uh, I made a joke about that, uh, a double B-side <laughs> or something at one of my older radio shows way back when in the 1980s. I said, yeah, this is uh, one of the songs that came from a double B-side. Yeah, neither like one was very side. good. Yep. And one time I did do a show, a, a full special show at our high school station again called uh, The Rarities. In fact, you saw me working on one of those shows. It was the second one when I think I had to train you in. I had to finish up this rarity show or stop where I was so I could uh, get you in to get you trained and show you the logs and all that. I remember that pretty well. Okay. And then I went back to doing it later, like a month later. Uh, but it was all uh, rarities, all these songs from like Tom Petty and Elton John and Patty Smith Group and people like that that had only songs on uh, 45s, and I was going to do a full show of it. Now I could do that at every show we do, but um, if you want, I can pull out an, a Tom Petty song. That, no, it's uh, okay. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> well, I mean, I picked them as an example. I understand. Hey, Everly Brothers, you know, they had tons of that stuff. They had more 45s than albums, and they got a lot of albums out there. Yeah, that, that, again, that, that, that was the era. That was what was being done in the 60s. True. ELO did that, too, with their later records, like Balance of Power and Time and Secret Messages and stuff. So every every single they had, you know, uh, buy that 45. And, you know, oh, you know what else? Here's the biggest hidden secret. Bee Gees, uh, when they were riding high with their uh, Saturday Night uh, f- uh, Flavor Fever thing, um, one of their 45s, the most popular one, um, uh, what was it, uh, Staying, Staying Alive? Alive, probably. The B-side to that single... Uh, had a, a rare song that wasn't on any other albums. I just found that out recently. Uh, you know the hit "If I Can't Have You" by Yvonne Element mm-hmm. that was off that album. Right. The uh, single "The Staying Alive." If you, if anyone has that forty-five, flip it over. You'll see the Bee Gees version of "If I Can't Have You." Interesting. Yeah, it's not bad actually. Okay. Um, I like the Yvonne Element version, but the Bee Gees. I think I like a hair better because I'm not tired of it. I don't want to hear "Staying Alive" anymore. Who recorded it first? Um, Bee Gees did. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because they uh, had to make the demo for Yvonne Elliman for her to hear it, and then for her to uh, make her own version with her own band. Got it. And then, um, yeah, Bee Gees did a lot of writing for a lot of other people, too, that didn't really make it. Um, so I just thought I'd add that, too. Even though, yeah, people got really tired of them in the later 70s, but uh, their early stuff in the early 70s were very, very... Um, well, they were six. They were psychedelic too in the later sixties. Hmm. I didn't know that. I yeah. thought they were just. I thought they were just a, 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 a product of the disco era. Okay. Well, they were, but uh, I mean yeah. solely. Oh, solely. You mean when or, they just started with like giant or, turkey? Or they? Or or yeah, <laughs> giant <laughs> turkey. turkey talking. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, I thought that maybe they didn't <gasps> have anything. Uh, they were obscurity until disco, and then they succeeded beyond that. I had no idea. Oh yeah, they yeah they did have quite a few uh, hits uh, in the early early seventies actually, but they were more lovey dovey breakup songs. They were ballads. Uh, middle. How of can the you mend a broken heart? Was that That's before or after? Them. Was uh, that before? before? Okay. Yeah, Lonely Days was another big hit for them. Um, to love somebody, which was covered by a lot of people, uh, even Jackie D. Shannon uh, did her own version of it. That became a hit. Uh, what else did they have? They had um, Run to Me is another one. Strangely, I was listening to another, um, it wasn't a podcast show, but it's a, um, I guess I can promote this, uh, a website called Radio Garden, and that's radio stations from all over the planet. 
You can listen to um, radio stations in Spain. You can listen to Canada, all over the United States, Mexico, wherever you want. You can listen to Radio Tahiti if you want. Uh, so I'm listening to a station in Spain, actually, Barcelona, and all of a sudden I hear Run to Me by Bee Gees. I'm thinking, oh my God, really? They're playing Bee Gees in Spain. Okay. Not that I don't think they're unfamiliar in Spain. I'm just, it was one of those strange off hits, though. You think they play like Night Fever or Staying Alive or, or um, Love You Inside Out or one of the more popular ones. But uh, I was, whatever station that was in Spain, you know, good, good to them. Maybe there's a version of you there that's doing a similar thing who's doing stuff that wasn't, that's off the beaten path in a lot See. of ways. See? See? I gotta learn Spanish so bad now, uh, a little more than I know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, actually, that station was pretty good because uh, they were playing a lot of, well, to my ears, obscure Spanish rock. And but they were the, the only thing they were doing was saying you know, the radio ID in Spanish, like uh, you know, radio radio sin cugat uh, one hundred five or whatever. And I'm like, I want to know what you played. But then again, I they would have probably been speaking in Spanish, but they were playing some English stuff like Natalie Cole, Stand By Me, big hit in 79, one for disco songs, and then they played a couple other things that I was like, wow, mm. they're, Spain's playing this? That's pretty good. And then I move up to another station in England, and they're playing some pretty old stuff, you know, which was like, nice, Beach Boys, but one of the off-Beach Boy uh, songs. You know, not not Fun, 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 and I get around the two common ones. Right. But, uh, yeah, you can, uh, Radio Garden is a wonderful place. You want to listen to some obscure radio stations. Well, listen to all of Stu's podcasts first. Then, if you have have time, then you can consider going to Radio Garden. Okay. We can listen at the same time because they do a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yes, listen to every single show that I do. That's (laughs) why I'm here. at the same time. That'd be good. (laughs) So, well, that's why I'm making these shows so people can listen. And uh, you, you can have one, one or two uh, extra people in your in your uh, house or room. If you're lonely, listen to us. If you're not lonely, listen to us too. If you're at work or in your car, you're uh, outside running around or uh, whatever. Yeah, of course. That's why I'm here. I'm making the shows. Please listen. We we do appreciate it. And if you're if you're trying to reach Stu, if you got comments or suggestions, arms aren't that long. <laughs> How best should they do that, Stu? How should somebody who's listening to this podcast reach out and give them give you their feedback on things they like, things that they'd like to hear, stuff like that? Stu, That's tell them easy. how it's done. That's easy. We have we have an email, uh, and we would love to hear from you. And I guess I wasn't promoting it on the show um, or any of them. Uh, get get us. You can send us an email to songs from the basement three five or thirty five at gmail dot com. Simple. Send me a line. Send us a line saying, "Oh, you like the show? You don't like the show? Change this. Can you play this? Can you play that?" Um, I do listen to. Uh, you know, I do listen to. Listen. <laughs> Listen to me. Um, I, I read listening. all the emails. I'm listening. I'm listening right now. I know you are. Boy, I'm sorry. You're Can you hear listening. me now? What? Can you hear me now? What? <laughs> That's what. You got me. Can you hear me now? What? Good. <laughs> there you go. So but it's yeah. songsfromthebasement35 at gmail.com. Yes. And here, I'm going to promote this. This is another way to get the show, other than uh, the way people are listening. If you do want to drop a line to, well, this is how to get the show. HTTP uh, colon forward slash forward slash songs from the basement, all one word, dot podomatic 
Podomatic.com. Podomatic is our server. That's the people who uh, host the show. And those are the people who, uh, they're out from San Francisco. So um, how did I get connected with them? Um, a lot of money. You paid a lot of money. You definitely, every every month I pay I pay Podomatic so I can stay on the, uh, the air. So this show is costing me money, people. Please listen. So there. Uh, but we enjoy doing it. Keeps me out of trouble. Keeps me in the basement where, where my mom keeps saying you should be. And I'm like, okay. Keeps you off the streets at night. That too. <laughs> She's a... Yeah, uh, being on the streets in this town is something different. But uh, I will again, if you're listening, this is 2020. If you're listening to this in 2025, things have kindly calmed down. It's about time. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that's where uh, people can get a hold of you if you or us if you want to drop me a line. I'd love to hear from people. Yes, we're going to be, you know, we're going to have our, our, our overlords, the crab people, are going to finally uh, let us out of the basements in about five years. So and the gum people too. Yes. Um, but I give away the telephone number, but um, I'll bet you anything no one will call. I wouldn't give away the phone number. No, it's just... 952-93... No, no, no. no. Okay, fine. Fine, be that way. I will. Okay. It's for your own, it's for your own safety. Thanks, Mom. I dad. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm not going to give my phone number away. Because, not uh, again. It's not, yeah, right, not again. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, that's the best way to get a hold of us. Yeah, just drop us in, uh, you know, in the email, and uh, we will respond if I feel like it. <laughs> Otherwise, Dave will. That's committed. That's okay. that's that's commitment right there. Yeah, that's commitment to the bit. We we do. I think we need to hear from more people around the world. Otherwise, they're probably happy enough to hear the show, which I'm happy to uh, be doing it. Or we have no listeners. But then again, oh, I can't do that right now. But I can show you uh, when the show. Uh, you know when they're over, uh, my um, my your staff. map of the world. Yeah, you showed yeah. me that last year. The maps of all the different countries that you've got listening to right. listeners to and subscribers to. It's cool. Okay. I liked it. Yeah, that's fine. Hello, it hasn't hello, the rest of the world. Hello, hello, Liverpool. Congratulations on Liverpool FC winning the Premier League championship for the first time ever. Love it. Yay! Yay! It's about time too. Well, yeah. Good. Thirty years. Yeah. Wait a minute! I want them to win more. Um, well, they 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 win other things. They just hadn't won the the domestic championship in England for thirty years. Ooh! So it was it was a pretty momentous year, pandemic notwithstanding. Oh yeah! Um, don't get me started on that. No, that's several more hours, and I I have to go back to Florida in a week. Okay. By by the way, uh, you can't get sick listening to the show unless you get sick listening to what we play. <laughs> you can't get sick listening to it. You can get sick of listening to it. But um bum. Okay, I agree with him. All right. Anyway, uh, more on uh, the Dave Levine show. Um, what you got coming? Up? No, just kidding. Um, well, don't you throw that in my lap? <laughs> oh come on! It's a lot of fun. If hey, a schlub like me can do a show like this, you can do one too. So so if a schlub like you can do a show like this, a schlub like me can do a show like this. Is what you're saying? Exactly. Okay, not going to yeah. do it. I'm going to I'm going to stick. Let, I'm going to stick to being a guest host or a guest presenter once every year or so if I keep coming okay. up to town. But um, no, we've. I'm I'm enjoying doing these shows with Stu when I when I came to town last year. Doing it again this year, which is a lot of fun. It is. And the fact that we had the theme of listening to music that kind of influenced us from different ages in our lives, growing up and in junior high, high school, college, other influences like that is was nice to 
relive those types of things and, and start rummaging through my memory about certain groups and certain people and certain performers and how I came to become fans of theirs and things of that nature. So it's been kind of a very fun exercise. It's also good to look back there uh, without looking back in anger. It's good therapy to actually hear some of these old songs and to talk about some of those old things that maybe you haven't thought of in many, many years. And it's it's kind of good because then maybe, you know, even with me too, I know other friends of mine, they would say, oh, I don't want to talk about that. Oh, it's too too hard to think of. When they start talking about it and, and I get into certain things and I make fun of it, it's good because then you don't look at stuff that's so, you know, maybe so sensitive or whatever, um, you know, to look back and say, oh, God, I don't want to think of that person or that was a bad thing that happened. Now we can make Cocoa Puffs out of them and uh, say, hey, that wasn't so bad after all, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so. you, you put it into a different packaging or a different filter or a different lens and things don't appear to be, they're not as bad as you may have remembered or whatever like that. So that's a nice right. thing, too. And you can also uh, trick your mind to thinking it was a better period than what you went through or something That's like also that. true, but yeah. that, I also like to live in the moment and treat reality for what it is. I mean, if it was a, if it was a rough period, which high school or college had, had its moments, it was a rough period. If there are certain songs that, even if it doesn't tie into a specific negative instance, it just leaves a bad feeling... I just don't want to be around it. And we were talking about songs like that, that, you know, certain artists or certain songs, it's just I can't listen to because it, it brings me back to a bad feeling, but I can't spe- specify a bad, like, specific negative moment. It's just like a bad, just a bad experience or a bad, I don't know, it's hard to say, but yeah. things like that happen too. Music brings out emotion, both good and bad. That's right. You brought up something and I forgot about it, but, uh, oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, there was, like, one song that, uh, well, we talked about a couple songs in that Velvet Underground record I won't listen to. Yeah. Not because of the period that I got into it or listened to it. It was just the content of the the nature of the song, which I'm just like, yeah. It just, yeah, it's too uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but there was something else that, well, I'll think of it four in the morning now, uh, what I was going to say to you. You said something about uh, bad periods or whatever or certain songs. And there was one that, oh, there was one song that absolutely I will not listen to, but I played it once off one of my shows here, and it still made me ill, sick. I wanted to go to the bathroom, and you know what. Um, And I don't know why this song does it to me, but it does. It's a a kinky album cut off a Lou Christie record called his version of Mickey's Monkey by the old, uh, he redid the Miracles song. And I like the, the Miracles version. Something about Lou Christie's version of it just makes me want to take the needle off, throw the record against the wall, and if I do that, I'll break the record, um, and and then go to the, you know, you know what, and just say, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that song, for some reason, just does something to me. And one of the, I hate to say this, and I like Lou Christie, most of his stuff, one of the worst songs I think I've ever, ever heard in my life was one of his. Now, oh, I played these two songs on my hipster shows, which was my hipster swing thing, which was the worst songs I feel I have in my record collection. <laughs> you know, the most uncommercial things that are just hipsters like. Because right. I have some hip, hipster friends, and they suggested uh, a few things that I should play off that series. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play this and that, and I'm sure you'll hate this song. So I play a song called Lead Up by Lou Christie, I think it's one of the worst songs I ever heard in my life. No offense to you, Lou Christie, if you're listening. I like your stuff, but that song, I'm sorry. 
when I played it, one of my hipster friends said, hey, I really liked uh, your fourth hipster song. God, you know, God, that one song you played, it's called uh, uh, Lita by, I can't remember, Christopher something. Lou Christie, Lita. Yeah, God, what a great song. I'm like, oh, my God, gag me with a fork, I'm sure. <laughs> so, Valley Girl. Yep. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, some people like different things than I do, and you like different things. So I am not going to knock other people for what they like because that's not fair to them because they might hate what I listen to. And who knows? I mean, maybe what I'm playing is totally off kilter than what I should be playing. Yeah, it's possible that we, you know, we ragged on Blood Rock for 15 minutes, and people could be saying, you know, they got their posters and all <laughs> over their, poster, you know, yeah. they, they've just, you know, it's like we have we have made that person feel bad about themselves. That one person potentially, we may have made that one person feel bad about themselves. And of course, uh, and I'm t- willing to take that chance because that's probably the person doesn't exist. I, I played that for you actually. I, I usually wouldn't play that except for my Halloween show. Uh, no, but I just, DOA I just, is a strange song. That though. was just, I mean, it's just, we talked about songs in my childhood, and that song sprung to mind. It's like, yeah. I'm, you know. We played it. We okay. did. So uh, people can hear it. Some people probably will like it for the content because, wow, what a strange song, yeah. man. And I know there's going to be a boost in Blood Rock sales, and I'm okay with that. Go buy some <laughs> Blood Rock It might even records. double what they've done over the last decade. Yeah, or the two decades. Yeah. And the people, those guys need some people buying their records, I guess. But uh, If they're still around? If they're still around, yeah. But uh, that's what we do. We try to sell records here. Whether I personally like the songs I play or not, I want to play them because I know somebody out there will either take note or say, oh, God, that's a bad song. Or, oh, my God, I haven't heard that in 30 years. Thank God that song's on the basement uh, show played it. Now I, know who, uh, now I know who it is. Does that person have that, that high of a voice? Well, I'm not sure, but that's when they hit puberty. Okay. Okay. Now they talk like this. All right, good to know. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, I guess we should do something here. Yeah. Okay. Well, we did. We just paused. <laughs> so. That's 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 when the station break was supposed to happen. That's when people were supposed to put their station ID in. Oh, um, you mean this? This is where you can hear the hard-to-find and sometimes out-of-print songs you won't hear anywhere else. It's Songs from the Basement with Stuart Held and Dave yeah. Levine. Yeah, that. There that's, we go. That's where that, was, that's where that drop was supposed to go in. We Oops. just missed. Uh, don't tell the program director. I, I promise not to tell the program okay, director. Okay, because I'll get fired from my show now. Then what will happen? Uh, the show will go off the air. <laughs> You'll be stuck in the basement then with nothing to do. That's true. All I'll right. sell the records and uh, I'll get into something else, like politics. Hey, no, no, I'm not getting into <laughs> politics. I'd like uh, to see that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> People won't like me if I get into politics. So, But anyway, I think I'm better off just playing um, music for the Internet. So if we're making people happy with our shows, excellent. And I know we're doing it because I, I, see, I see the ratings. Yep, I, that's good. And I, and I hear about the ratings, so I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, Briefly. you are part of uh, Songs from the Basement history now. Yes, the so, the, yeah. uh, the 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 thing you and I did with with Dave Swerdlick last year was a lot of fun to do. That was a lot of fun. And I I, I, I sent the link to a bunch of people and they liked it and it was it was uh, it was it was a non, that was a, one, a wonderful trip down memory lane and it was an unexpected surprise because I didn't know David was going to be here when when Stu because uh, I thought it was just going to be Stu and myself and then all of a sudden. He said, Dave "Oh, uh, uh, well, he's, well, he's like, yeah, one of your, uh, one of your classmates. I asked to uh, join us, Dave Swordlick. I said, oh, geez, I haven't seen him in thirty years. So yeah. that was cool. 
Well, he wanted to do a show, actually. Every so often, I'll bring him in and we play punk music. He loves playing uh, punk rock, New Wave and all that. And he's done about four or five shows like that. And uh, when I told him you were coming in, he wanted to come to see you. So that's what happened between the three of us. And I just let the show kind of go in the direction it was going, and uh, everything was fine. Yeah, it was fun. We started we started rapping about stuff, and all of a sudden it was three hours. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're going to – right now we're starting a series here. Yeah. Just in case I ever have to air anything and I have to go away for a couple of weeks, which has happened in, in the near – well, you know, recent past. Um, I've had to do – replays or you know repeat shows because sometimes my schedule is so busy these days that i'm not able to actually run down shows every week like i used to and i'm starting you know some new series anyway so i'm trying to get that stuff all established when is the beatles show i guess i can spring it on everybody now basement beatles i would have been like to have been a part of that but Oh well, let's do a Beatles. Though. Let's well, just uh, uh, get rid of everything we and just uh, start well, over. Yep. All right. Well, I have the white album here. Why don't we play uh, tracks from there? What you want to play the uh, the Revolution Nine backwards? No. Oh, why not? No, that's okay. That's a lot of fun. No, that's okay. Why, why would you want to play one of your records backwards and ruin the turntable and stuff? That's I won't because uh, turntable one over here plays backwards. Oh, in that case, go for it. Okay, let's do this. No, oh, fine, be that way. <laughs> no, okay. but a Beatles, but a Beatles show, I'd, that'd be a, that'd be a show I'd like to be a part of. They're my favorite group and blah blah blah. But that'd be something. Oh, now you tell me. Okay, okay. Next time you come in, we're gonna do some Beatles stuff. Yeah, all right. Okay. And um, also, it would be just as double fun to do Beach Boys, too. You're thinking, ah, uh, no. No, I'd say, yeah. Okay, we'll do Beach Boys, too. All right. If you, only if I don't, you want to. I don't, have, I don't have the same proclivity to the Beach Boys as I do the Beatles. Okay. So well, I, we'll I, stick I, with I the Beatles for now. I don't, I, don't have, I don't have anecdotes or fond memories of certain things or whatever like that or, or uh, as attachment to them but uh, as I do the Beatles, but that's cool, too. Okay, we'll also do a full show on Ralph Carter and the Mamas and Papas. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Thank you. I don't think we'll... Uh... Although I did a spotlight show on Mamas and I'm Papas sure you, a couple oh, of years ago. I, I mean, they, they, were, they, they had a lot of hits. They were very popular in their time. Yeah. Well, we'll get to a song if I, if I feel like it. It's so, your show. You'll feel like it. Yeah. Well, you're here, so you have some pole. Slight. North pole, south pole. Slight pole. Slight pole. Okay. I have the West Pole and the East Pole. <laughs> How's that working out for you? <laughs> Very well, actually. All right. <laughs> I like to pull it away. Okay, um, let's do some music. How about that? I like the idea. Okay, me too. Let's do one from uh, the Sear album by Big Country. And um, this is a song from 19, late 86. This is album number two for them, I believe. I believe it. Um, but anyway, even if it's album number three, I screwed up. So uh, here's a, a track from that one uh, called Look Away, Big Country off Songs from the Basement.
This is Pat Joseph from Omaha, and you are listening to my favorite podcast, Songs from the Basement with Stuart Held.
two songs from the basement, and that's definitely a basement song, the scratch mix of a guy named Ralph Karma. Uh, no, uh, yeah, uh, Ralph Carter, actually, 1975, Love Don't Grow on Trees. And you might not really know who he is, but he was a small kid on uh, Good Times, you know, uh, with Jimmy Walker and, and all that, uh, John Amos and all that. He was Michael from uh, the Good Times show, and they made him, they forced him, they told him to do it or else make a solo record and the record is called young and in lunch and uh it's it's not that bad of a record young and in love okay um i know get it right uh but anyway i wanted to um uh, play a track from that so uh dave can hear it because uh we were talking about good times earlier and all the good times we used to have up until the show Aww. started <laughs> well no we uh Again, these are the songs that we remember from our childhood or other things of that nature. The uh, the song that he played a couple songs ago was uh, from Big Country, who was another band that I remember specifically from my college years at WMMR. And then he played a Mamas and the Papas version of Dancing in the Street because he said, you're, you're going to like this version. And this is yeah. a song that she, he remembered from... Way, way back in yeah. the... Yeah, when he, I, whenever he heard it first time, because I'd never heard. It. Again, he was exposed to different stuff than I was. That, that's some song from his uh, earlier memories. I played that version, Mamas and Papas, uh, when I was a, a little kid, three, four years old, probably summer nineteen sixty seven, because I think the single. It was a B-side to Words of Love, which was out, I do believe, late 66, 67, something like that. And uh, I just remember listening to Dancing in the Streets over and over and over again. And that was the song I learned to actually dance. I'm not a dancer. I I, I can't dance worth uh, f- Frosted Flakes, but uh, I'll tell you something. My older sister used to dance and prance around our family room, and that would be playing. And she would, come on, Stewie, let's dance. I'm like... Okay. I have a thumb in my mouth. Anyway, um, but yeah, we'd uh, just dance around to that song, and I'd have to go back to the turntable, and, um, you know, since I was learning to scratch, I mean, uh, learn, uh, scratch the records. <laughs> no, you, you weren't learning to, the to scratch them. You were you were really good at it. I was good. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> so, you were scratching that before that type of scratching. That's right. <laughs> Physically, uh, you know, literally. Anyway, um, but yeah, I wanted to play Dancing in the Streets, and the reason why I played it is because many years ago when we were in college WMMR Dave said you were you were trying to collect all the versions that you knew of at the time of dancing in the street that uh, Van Halen did it yep. uh, Mamas and Papas did it and Bowie, Bowie and, and Jagger, Jagger did, did it, it for Live Aid they yeah they did do that one and I think there was one more version I ran into but I can't think of who it is at the at the present time I'm leaning back like this so I can uh, talk in the microphone that's um, fine. It's they, they they can see that. Yeah, you can see. How how's your uh, new headphones? I had to switch uh, his new headphones because uh, the other ones were wearing and tearing on him. Uh, they're fine, thank you. Okay, it's the cord is not as long as the other one was, but uh, you know we're, we're we reconfigured we reconfigured the entire studio. That's right. We, just no, we to, just that. to fit my sensitive ears and the shorter cord on these headphones. If they're too loud, let me know. They're fine. I can turn. Okay, this is like the fourth time I've had to move the whole system, my whole uh, studio uh, around the basement. This is. Uh, you know, position number four, because I was in the closet on the other side of the uh, room. Then before that, <clears throat> I was on, in a corner on the other side of the basement. Then I was right in the middle of the room when I first started. So I moved four times. But you've been in this position for this sit setup for probably several years. Yep. 2011 is when Well, that's first, a long time. That's Yeah, almost 10 years. That's when I first started uh, getting the show together. It took me two years before we posted the first show. 
and then 2012, we were starting to uh, record the uh, record the first few shows, which was really the first season, season number one. And when I finally aired it in 2013, uh, I didn't really have to do anything for about a good eight months except sit back and think back. And then I thought, oh, I better get season two going. Do I really want to do this? Is it fun? Do I want to do this? And I thought, okay, eight, nine years later, here we are doing it. So it, it And is it fun? Is it, do you still want to do this? And the answer, obviously, is yes. I'm, go, I'm going on vacation. Uh, yeah, I like doing this. And you know what? This is fulfilling a dream because I actually wanted to escape Minnesota to go to all places in the United States, California, to be a disc jockey. I don't have to do that anymore. we got listeners in California. I listen to the show, and I don't even have to leave the basement. That's good for you because you're very comfortable in the basement. That's, That's why it's said. songs from the, the basement, base. not for the basement. Yep. They're from the basement. Otherwise, I'd have to move my whole concoction to, to like, I don't know what city, San Francisco. Songs from Angeles. La Jolla. Songs, songs from, from Gardena. Yeah, Gardena or Los Altos or whatever. I would have to go to a suburb or a big city over there. And set up in another basement. <laughs> Songs from another basement. <laughs> the only thing is, though, um, I would be somewhat afraid to do that because of the earthquakes out there. I'm not keen on that. But yeah, we don't again, have uh, that. We don't have that in Minnesota. We we actually don't. What's maintenance man screaming about? I don't know. It's your maintenance guy. I'm just a guest. Okay, you're closer. Oh, like that's gonna matter. Hey, should we take the microphones over and uh, see what's? Hold no, everybody. No, Let the, no that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident that he <laughs> might pick up a tree and kill us. Oh, not him. He'll well, pick up a branch, but not a tree. Okay, pick up a branch. Yeah, I'm just trying to be really quiet here. Maybe he'll scream on something. Nah, I don't know. Are you sure? It's a lot of fun to eavesdrop. Oh, that's right. It's only maintenance man, so he's not fun to eavesdrop on. What he's got probably a limited amount of fun range true okay okay um anyway he's playing a video game or something in his uh sounds like the game is playing him uh that's true and uh rightfully so hopefully it's winning um anyway um you are listening to dave levine Stuart held on um i'm a guest on the dave levine show on songs from uh, his basement and yes we are originating from the great midwest uh or the great northwest of uh the united states we're not far from canada actually and uh, we are having a lot of fun doing um the show that we're doing and uh dave actually uh doesn't live in minnesota anymore he escaped from minnesota he's now a florida kid and i would like to have him take me with unless i move west to california either way it's warmer weather but um i i decided to stay in minnesota yeah the the thing is we don't have earthquakes and we don't have uh typhoons and things like that and hurricanes but we do have snow and we do have what else do we have? Up Humidity. Here? Oh yeah, yeah. And mosquitoes true. the side of school bus size of school buses. Oh, that's true. In L.A. and Miami, don't have that. No, we've got no. We they got wasps and killer bees and stuff like that in Florida, um, oh, and nice. hurricanes, and um, COVID and alligators and huge pythons in the in the uh, septic systems and 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 things like that. I've seen stories of. It's just incredible, but uh, but uh, no snow. Still, take me with you. Okay, I'll you know. I'll pack you in my carry on when I go back when I uh, when I go back home. Okay, actually, that's a bad idea. You could take me with you, yes, and I would go with. The only thing is, when I get to Florida, 
I want to play a record. And they were back in Minnesota. And they're all in Minnesota, and they don't have basements in Florida. I was going to ask you about that, because I've actually done some uh, homework on home lives in Florida. I know a little bit about it. And I was going to ask you, are there any houses out there they probably there probably are uh, i've only lived there a couple of years there probably are but from talking to people that have lived there a lot longer most houses don't have basements because of the uh opportunity of flooding and things of that nature from what i understand okay because and of, alligators well it could i don't know that could be a possibility too but i think it's mostly because of hurricanes and things of that nature basements mm-hmm. and things like that may have a propensity of, of flooding or you know, like every year, every couple of years, you have to pump out a basement from that. So gotcha. everything is on or, on or above ground. And you know what else? I've also looked uh, on uh, Google Maps, which I love that site, actually. And I've gone through the Florida Keys, actually. Uh, never been there physically, boots on the ground, and I don't wear boots. But uh, I wear other things. Uh, but I have seen houses on, like, stilts and stuff in the Florida Keys, actually. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, why are they built that way? And I realize because it's a, it can be a dangerous place to live, and you've got to, um, you know, in case of flooding. In case of flooding, high tides and things that's of that nature, and sur- uh, storm surges and walls and things like that. So that's, I've never been to the Keys either, but that's what I understand what's, what's go with, what happens with how houses are built up and down the, the, the eastern sea. Actually, it happens to the Gulf Coast too because yeah, they, they don't go. get, they don't get hurricanes the same way but they get storm swells because if the if the storm sits over the gulf coast you know louisiana gets hurricanes and alabama and mississippi and the panhandle and the gulf coast tampa st petersburg and stuff like that so they do get weather effects there as well and so yeah you're gonna have there that's why a lot of the structures are going to be on or above ground okay well let's still go to the florida keys okay it's okay. a it's a it's a drive but that's something i'm well, it's a drive for yeah right yeah. now it is well um, no but even if i was in fort lauderdale it's still a few hours to drive down that's right about four or five hours down there yep okay i get it that's right it's not uh, not close by not no it's not as it's it's closer than i am now in minnesota but it's still uh, it's still a hefty a, drive yeah okay well you're better off on uh, where you are yeah i'm in i'm i'm pretty much enjoying it okay by and large yeah Welcome home. Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, what should we do now uh, <laughs> as we keep going here? Uh, okay. Uh, Dave wanted me to uh, play this, and I'm okay with it because they need airplay. Uh, we're going to be doing a track from Rush, uh, from a record that everybody probably has, but it never gets any airplay anywhere, not even on your typical classic rock stations. They will never play a track from this one. And this is Rush. Okay. Uh, we... Well, they'll play. They might play... I don't know. I mean, I got. I again. I don't know if uh, KQ or anybody else is playing anthem or they anything might, like no, that. They don't because anymore. okay, um, they should though. They should. I mean, there are a lot. I mean, it's a greatest hits thing because it's a, it's part of a live you know concert. So all the songs they're playing are popular or, or well known. Uh, you know, they're playing the hits from their first few albums, and then they're focusing on twenty one twelve because that was the tour that this album, All the World's a Stage, was recorded from. Um, but the reason why I asked Stuart about possibly playing this song, even though it runs 13 minutes, is because I wanted to be a drummer in junior high school and high school. And my brother, and one of the things of one of the music... I challenge you to a drum duel. Oh, you'd win. Okay. Um, one of the influences musically that uh, my brother 
uh, gave me was listening to Rush. Yeah. I wanted to be a drummer. And in this song that he's going, that Sue's going to play uh, momentarily, called Working Man slash Finding My Way, it's two songs put together. They're both good songs. They're both good songs, but it's part of a, a medley, <clears throat> but it also includes a drum solo from the late, great Neil Peart. And so my brother said, you want to be a drummer? Listen to this. So he plays me this song, and the song goes on for a few minutes before the drum solo kicks in. And then I, my eyes just became big as saucers. I couldn't believe it, that one person was doing this on a drum kit. And the solo is, for drummers and, and musicians, it's very well known because he patterned a lot of his other solos with that kind of parts of it in mind, but everything like that. But um, it's a very well-known drum solo. And I played that song again and again and again and again and again. I played it I played on, my, on my mom's old record player. I played it so often the my my brother had a much better stereo system so he had a much better needle i damaged that record by overplaying it so much the grooves turned gray right i they did yeah, i had to buy my brother a new copy of the <laughs> double album of all the world's a stage because i ruined that song from that because of the drum solo and i had to get replace the needle on my mother's old turntable because i wore out the needle they were only five bucks back then this was well this is back in 76 okay. i'm thinking uh 76 or 77 and i just i again i i, I brought this up to Stuart because of my love of neil my love of, of rush and this particular song being one of the best things my brother ever did for me was introduce me to this group. And this song was the entry door to having me go back and listen to the the four preceding studio albums that led to this live record. Right. And this solo was, it's like, it made me want to be a drummer. And it's like, if I can be 10% of this drummer, I'll be great. I couldn't be one millionth of this drummer. <laughs> He's okay? a good drummer, I'll tell you that. He was, he was one of the best drummers of rock and roll, period. That's right. Uh, I mean, he the stuff that he did with, you know, with other artists and performers, and, you know, he was always ranked highly in Modern Drummer Magazine, stuff like that, uh, for his technical craft. He was also a brilliant lyricist. Yeah. I have nothing but wonderful things to say about them, but this song particularly was a big influence on my childhood, teenage years, I guess would be better, all the way through adulthood, and this song was the introduction to that. Okay, here we go, Rush Live on Songs from the Basement. Thank you very much. We'd like to take you back to our first album and do something. This is called Working Man.
ever seen. I grew my hair and bought a suit of shiny white. I was in cream. I shook and shivered and danced and quivered and stole the top of her. Don't came from miles around. I said, man, your music is really hot. Well, I knew what they meant because I was a freak. Oh, my throat was tired of warm. My pretty face just looked out of place as they poured on the scorn. From a man who was the king He said my boy will have some crazy scenes There weren't any scenes at all Like he was talking about Yeah, he must have been the king of queens Well, I could write a million songs About the things I've done But I could never sing So they'd never get sung Well, it's a law for the rich Who wants the poor And there's another one for singers It's die young and live much longer And spend your money and sit in corner No one came from miles around Said, man, your music is really Say goodbye. The money's good and the times you have fun and games galore, but 
Don't you spend your money in your lying face Forgotten, I wonder what you did it for No one came for miles around And said, man, who's he? again everyone like it okay um anyway this is songs on the basement and uh you know who the heck we are now or you should after well, hearing so. all this um hi he's uh, john cadwell and i'm jim thompson and thanks uh, for listening to hall hit radio what that's what who who were they were they <laughs> like were they with like they were they were very big athletes from st louis park in the early 70s what were the names John Cadwell and Jim Thompson. No, the only ones I remember were Jim Jim Peterson, John Anderson, but that was I guess later later seventies when they went to the basketball tournament. But that's no one well, wants to hear about high school basketball tournaments. Well these guys went to the tournament, although they had to pay for a ticket. <laughs> anyway, they were basketball uh guys from uh park from seventy two, seventy three. Anyway, um yeah, Jim Peterson was a lot more famous. Yes he was. Now you the song you just played by Deep Purple, thank you for playing, because I You're had welcome. not heard I was not familiar with that song of theirs. I was familiar with Fireball and a couple songs off of it, uh, Fireball itself and Strange Kind of Woman and The Mule, but I was not familiar with that particular track, and I'm glad you played it because I am going to add that to my MP3 player. You definitely will. This was a song called No One Came, the last song on side two off the uh, Fireball record, 1971. And you know who I was not familiar with this record uh, or that song, not the re- the record I, I knew for years. Uh, that song, I never listened to. I'm going to thank uh, my friend Tony Johnson, who has had uh, previous shows over here. And um, he told me, actually, to, uh, yeah, you better listen to No One Came by Deep Purple. And I'm thinking, what song is that? I, I must have heard that. Nah, I won't like it. And we, uh, I played it, and I'm thinking, oh, wow, what a great song. So thank you, Tony, for uh, turning me on to that one, too. And I figure if Tony can turn me on to this one, I can turn you on to this one. You will turn the audience on with a smile. Yep, I liked it. It was a good song. Yeah. Good, good uh, guitar solo, good organ solos. Yeah. And, Love uh, it. Good song. Good song. Yeah, good song. A good song. And also they said without that Fireball album, you wouldn't have had Machine Head and Who Do You Think We Are and all the other ones. Yeah, too. Machine Head, <laughs> I mean... Um, so. Fireball didn't get the uh, recognition it should have because Fireball itself is a good track. Strange Kind of Woman was a good song on its own. It also was a very good live version on, on uh, Made in Japan. Yeah. And The Mule also was a good live version on Made in Japan. Uh, 
I mentioned Deep Purple to Stu because my brother, Mark, turned me on to Deep Purple. First, uh, he had an 8-track player, and he had the 8-track for Machine Head. And um, 8-tracks didn't always put one or two songs on each uh, track to get four programs or whatever it was. Sometimes they had to split songs up, and maybe my Amelio was split up between two different tracks because Space Trucking took so long as the last track, they needed to balance them out. So that's how they did when they they engineered that thing. So you had a song called maybe Amelio, parentheses, B-E-G, beginning and then the next next one was maybe i'm a leo uh like res resuming or end or something like that on the a track and it's like that was one of my indelible memories of seeing that track and having a song split in half in fact if you have a tracks it would sound something like this i'm just gonna play the song we just played real briefly this is what if you had an a track and you're playing fireball and uh the same song that we're playing uh noah came okay this is what it would sound like That's yeah. what would happen with an 8-track. You would have heard the glitch of the channel changing from one to the other, and the song would fade back in right where they left it off. Right. And uh, I don't. My, my, my brother didn't have that many 8-tracks, or if he did, that's the only one I remember indelibly having a song split in half. Okay. Yeah, they did that a lot because uh, um, I remember well, my brother actually had an 8-track thing briefly, and there were tra- uh, he would get like Neil Diamond and all Carpenters on 8-track, and some of those songs were... Uh, fading out and then they come right back in uh to uh you know on those eight tracks i'm yeah. thinking well how weird is that why why would they do that and then we figured it out later i opened one of those eight tracks actually up and threw it onto a reel to reel and played it does it work uh it did the only thing is, is that you hear um two three songs at at us at the same time <laughs> so you're hearing like let's say carpenters you're gonna hear um yesterday once more sing and we only just begun all at the same time interesting yeah. That that could so, mess with somebody's mind. That's true. A little bit. Or freak out. And then if you're listening to a Deep Purple A track and play it that way, you'll be, oh, man, I've been moved, man. Yeah, that really blew my mind. Yeah. No, but I, I, I'm, glad <laughs> I, he, I'm, I'm glad he played what he played as opposed to playing something more familiar to me or more familiar, more popular off of um, Machine Head, which was, obviously there's a couple that are very, very well-known tracks. So... Uh, yeah, I, I, I gave him the influence of the Deep Purple. He played a song that I was not familiar with. Excellent that's, record. Excellent that, track. Yeah, that's what I do on the show. I, I love influencing or playing things for people that uh, maybe they never heard before. And then they can, if they like the song enough, they can either back up the show and listen to it again and again, or they can run out and buy the record or CD on their own. And then you might like other tracks from these records that I didn't play. I liked it. That's yeah, good. That's Thank good. you. Thank you. You're welcome. And I like the influence. Uh, I'll give you my autograph in another five minutes. Okay. Do, I, do I have to pay for that too? Uh, no, I'll, I'll get. I'll you get throw that free. one in. I'll give you a promo copy Thank of my you. autograph. Cool. Promo like copy it. of my autograph. I okay. like it. I like that too. All right. Uh, the one before that was Live Rush. Actually, Working Man, Drums Solo, and uh, Finding My Way from All the Worlds a Stage. That goes back to their first official live album, a, th- a, a seven record set. No, just kidding. Two record set. <laughs> two record set, but it's excellent. Yeah, but the concert took seven years to uh, record. 
It was. It was well, actually, it was two. It was two different concerts in Toronto. Their yeah. home base, but uh, that was that again. That was an influential thing for my brother. Again, these last two songs were an homage to my brother's influence from some of the music that he got me hooked on, and the drum playing of Neil Peart. That I wanted to become a drummer. I wanted to be just like I said. I would have settled to be ten percent the drummer he was. Well, you can be Pete Best then. I okay. I guess not. Yeah, Pete's still around and doing stuff. So I Andy can't. Newmark. Okay, he played. He played on this one. Too. Oh, he's playing on. Okay, yeah, and he also played for Sly and the Family Stone briefly. Okay, Andy. anyway, he was a session drummer, or Alan White, who played in Yes and and the Beatles, I think. Alan White, and, and, yeah, Alan White, and he played with a the the, the Plastic Apple Band. Oh no, the, the Plastic Apple Band. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, anyway, uh, so did Eric Clapton too. Anyway, what are we doing now? Oh yeah, let's let's uh, head off with some more music here. Should we? I think yeah, we should, I, I think, think we should because that's what songs that what would songs from the basement be without songs? We would just be a basement. Talk from the basement. Talk from the basement. Well, we're yeah. going to be songs from the basement, and damn it, we're going to play some songs. Yeah, I wouldn't be good if I did an all talk show. I I don't find it uh, very appealing, at least to me, to talk for three four hours unless unless I have someone in the studio like I do today. So we could go on and on and talk and talk and hopefully some people out there going, hey, man, these guys are really knowledgeable. Or, oh, oh my God. What are you or yawn and say these guys are really knowledgeable and, and really try to mean it. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, I shouldn't yawn doing a TV show. I mean. Radio like, show. Radio internet. It's just a radio show on the internet, actually. Yep. Is my wall peeling back here? Oh, no, it isn't. Songs it's from the peeling basement. Yeah, songs from the peel. Banana peel. Not why. Billy Banana and his band of appeal called Slipping on the Floor. Is that, I don't see that. Uh, do you have that album here? Uh, no, but I have a single. Okay, you, I, a, you probably would. It's a double B-side, too. Wah, wah. <laughs> okay, um, here's a song by a band called, uh, they're from Detroit, uh, Romantics, actually. And the reason why I'm going to play one one track um, from this record in heat is because I want to play it. But uh, I was playing it uh, when Dave Levine was the program director of WMMR, and he let me play it. Thank you, Dave. You're and welcome. I'm going to play it again just so I can drive you crazy like I did the first time. No, just kidding. Uh, but I played this a lot at MMR. It was an old song already, but I really liked it. I got into it a little late. But I wanted to play it again for anyone who needs to hear Romantics and haven't for a while. And we're going to play a track maybe all of you out there might want to buy on your own or back up the show and listen to it about 15 times. Okay. I'm, with, I'm with it. We're running at 1983 right here, the Romantics on the Basement.
That's the long version of Just Like Starting Over, the Elvis Orbison song, as John Lennon used to call call that one. Just Like Starting Over, and he was in 1980 uh, from the Bubble Fantasy record, Double Fantasy record. But no, that dummy, that dummy had had to go and shoot him uh, a couple months after this came out, so there definitely was no Beatle reunion. And John Lennon was talking about reuniting with the Beatles that week because he was in the studio and he was actually talking to some reporter that was hanging out when they were mixing uh, Yoko's stuff. And he said, Lennon said, and it's on tape, it's a CD, it's a bootleg. He said, once the uh, Apple uh, lawsuits are all done, I see no reason to not record with Paul anymore. And he said, I don't know about playing live, but I would record another record with, with the old guys, you know, the Fab Four. And he said, is that for sure? He goes, well, I just want to get back in the studio. Maybe in a couple of years we can probably uh, uh, clear things up. And I'm thinking, ha ha, the great Beatle reunion until, no, that dumb that dummy head with a gun uh, did what he did to John Lennon. So. Yeah, I... Um... This was something that Stu and I talked about. Um, I mentioned this to him because of it's one of the glaring memories I have from high school is that in December, in, uh, December of 1980, of his assassination, um, I was at the camp at the high school radio station when, when news of that came around. Yeah. And um, it it hit me in a different way than other celebrity deaths have happened before that or since then because I was still a Beatles fan. My mother uh, introduced me to the Beatles in um, early '70s, and we're going to play the song that the first song I remember her playing for me. It's all queued up and ready to go. But uh, you know, in terms of indelible memories of something that happened during my high school years that's i can't think of anything bigger than that one mm-hmm. that uh, i remember that the next day in high school we were both going to the same school actually and i remember it being so quiet in that building uh, i think people are in disbelief and i thought you know the new kids you know they weren't really into the beatles or john lennon they were into ariel chuck wagon and a lot of you know devo and the b-52s and new wave stuff cars uh, come to mind and whatever was popular in the fall of 1980. And I remember one kid that came in, I won't mention his name, into KDXL. And I, I, I don't know if you were there or not, but this is early in the morning the next day that um, one guy comes in, one of the big mouths from uh, KDXL. Um, he goes, hey, what's going on? How come everyone's so quiet? And they said, didn't you know John Lennon died? And you know what he said? It was really tasteless. He goes, oh, yeah? Well, that should happen to Yoko Ono. She should die for being dizzy. And five of us uh, charged after him and chased him down the hall. Uh, sure, I was beating like, him, beating no, him that's not what you say to people like that uh, right after that happened. Yeah, I, I mean, I you know. was introduced to the Beatles by my mom. She, she was, uh, she was uh, early 20s when they were touring still, and she went to see them in Minneapolis when they or Bloomington rather. My when, sister went there too. When, when she when they were in town, it was like 65 or 66. It was 65, yeah. Um, and uh, she had several of their original pressings of albums, which I now have, and they're the only vinyl I've got are Beatles related things, and. Um, 
she turned me on to the Beatles, and so from that I bought their blue album, which was their greatest hits from 67 to 70. Yeah. Then I bought their red album, which is their greatest hits from 62 to 66. Then I bought another greatest hits album called Rock and Roll Music. So I had all the popular stuff at first, the better known hits and stuff like that, the singles, you know, a lot of them were, were, were released as singles first. And then I went back eventually and had everything of theirs that were released in the studio. But she was my, she introduced me to the Beatles. And the first song I remember her playing is the one that, that Stuart's about to play right now off of uh, their self-titled yeah, album. The Beatles album. The Beatles album. Otherwise known as the Ruddles. Yes. <laughs> yes. The uh, Ruddles. So, uh, remember the Ruddles? I do. I, I definitely do, do. Yeah. Cheese and onions and... Uh, we oh, can play it, that too. <laughs> I have that. It's a, that's a really funny mockumentary. But uh, no, the Beatles. You know, still my favorite band of all time. And uh, my mother was the person that opened the door. That opened that door to me. Mm-hmm. Sure, and that's okay. I remember being uh, hearing the Beatles, and I was a baby. And uh, I've got stories about a lot of their early, early singles. I remember. Um, I don't know why I remember this, but the single of She's a Woman and I Feel Fine, I remember my mom, I must have been sick when this was happening during the winter. I remember having those old mercury thermometers in my mouth, and I wanted to chew on it, but I, my mom said, don't chew it, Stuart, you know, otherwise it would break mercury right. in your mouth, but that's not good. Uh, but I remember... You know, just sucking on that for five minutes long, and my sister was playing She's a Woman. I remember hearing that, and I feel fine, the, the single. Um, I remember another um, memory. Oh, there goes Maintenance Man. Um, <laughs> did you hear? There we go. Um, one of their uh, songs around that time in 65, it could have, my memory could have been the year later in 66. I don't know why I remember this, but I remember um, my first friend, uh, his name was Greg, he lived next door to me. And uh, for some reason, the song I'm Down, actually, the B-side to help, it was a single only. Um, they're singing, I'm down, I'm on the ground. And I remember my friend Greg in my backyard beating me up for some reason. I'm on the ground, and he's, like, trying to hit me. We're both two years old at the time, or three at the time. I've always associated um, th- those words from the, that Beatles song with him trying to beat me up. I could have flipped him over and beat him up, too. And you could have done a different song, and then he could have been calling for help. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, I, I only have three different versions of I'm Down on my MP3 player. Okay, only I have three. Only three. I have the uh, studio version that you're talking about. Yep. I have a John or a Paul McCartney live in concert version, and I have a, an Aerosmith cover version, oh, which yeah. is very, very good. I have. I can give you four or five other versions of that too. And that you don't have the Shea Stadium version of that. The uh, no, uh, that's because it's. It, I mean, I could borrow it off of YouTube. Okay. If I was going to do such things, which I would never do. Okay. But um, that's that's a great one from that from that concert. That's a really really good song with ki- with Lennon with Lennon with the, the elbowing the keyboard and stuff like that. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yep. That was uh, you know that opened um, a lot of doors for other keyboard players to be free with the keyboards instead of just playing Beethoven's Fifth all the time. We're like, thanks to that song, I can do some really weird things on the keyboard now. Um, you know, it comes to mind, Vanilla Fudge, their their organ player. Uh, there you go. Listen, to, I'm down and listen to anything by Vanilla Fudge, and you'll hear almost the same. Well, I guess, solo. I mean, maybe, you know, when you talk about the, that type of freedom that people felt from doing that, I don't, I think that's probably one of the things 
I'm, I'm maybe misremembering because the Beatles had a lot of concerts. They said they couldn't hear anything that they were actually playing. Yep. Um, that could have been one of them. Yeah, you know, yeah, Lennon's yeah. doing whatever he wants. It's all for physical show. They can't hear what's going on. They have no idea how it's being mixed or anything because they can't hear a thing because all they're hearing is fifty or 60,000 people screaming at them, going, ah! and they can't hear anything because <laughs> yep. the, the speakers that are being aimed towards them so they could hear their monitors, they can't hear a thing. Yep. That's true. They didn't have the sound systems as they did, you know, way back when. Right. It was just their old Vox amps, and that was it. Right. You know, and you can't tell 50,000 screaming kids, be quiet, be quiet. Yeah, that's going to work. It's only Tony Bennett coming up here. Yes. Uh, no, it was yeah, a, that's that, that's a, but I mean yeah that 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 concert and seeing that I'm I'm, I'm envisioning now the uh, you know John's wearing um, like clothes. a well no he's he's got his his they're all wearing uniforms you know they're all wearing similar clothes right. his jacket is opened up though okay and he's wearing a pin or a button I want to say from the uh, police from New York or something like that that's not on everyone else's. Uh, their, J- jacket their, per, yeah. that they're wearing, and then he's 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 waving to the crowd when it's going to be time for his solo, and he starts playing a solo, and he starts using his elbow. Then they shut, they cut to a shot of Paul McCartney spinning oh, in laughter. Yeah, he was laughing at him. Yeah, because he they don't know what's going on. They can't hear what's happening. They just they're he's laughing at the sight of it. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "What you doing, John?" <laughs> yeah, and 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 Paul screaming the song, the lyrics, because or John singing the lyrics. Paul singing the lyrics is his song, but um, you know, Paul's doing or John is doing the elbow thing with the keyboard. It's just a wonderful yeah. visual. But since they actually have a good clean audio of it, it's a great song. Yeah, it's not bad. It's there a great version. A, also, the reason why they wrote that one, Paul said he was doing a tribute. He wanted to do a tribute to Little Richard, and he okay, was like that trying makes... to be a Little Richard song there. Well, that it it, it it fits. Yeah, it definitely fits. I don't want to spoil the party. Was an Everly Brothers type song that they wanted to do. They wanted to do Words of Love by Buddy Holly. Um, yeah, I mean they they had a lot of influences. Oh yes, you know. So, yeah, I mean, you could do you could do shows just upon their influences, the Chuck Berries and the Carl yep. Perkins of the world, and uh-huh. I have a bunch of Carl Perkins strictly because of what not just what the Beatles recorded them, but how they they became friends and how they held each other in high regard. So True. I started listening to Carl Perkins because the Beatles were influenced by him, recorded a couple of his tracks, and so I started listening to Carl Perkins. Carl Perkins, yeah, he was good. Yeah, yes, he was. Um, I didn't know this until Joey Mullen from Badfinger found found this out. I point a lot. I don't know yeah, why you do. I'm doing this. Well, it's your bad finger. Yeah, it's my yeah, it's my bad finger. Wah, wah. And I got a band-aid on it too. Yeah. Right <laughs> not that finger. Yeah, not that one. Um but anyway, Joe said uh, Elvis Presley never went to England to ever perform. And they said uh, we wanted him to come, but he never would. So absence makes the heart grow fonder for Elvis. Um, well, Carl Perkins went to England. I know. I want I, at least once. Um, but one of, he had a, he he did a special called Carl Perkins and Friends that was video that was for uh, television like BBC or whatever like that. George Harrison was there. Eric Clapton was there, and they've got some really good songs of them. Uh, Ringo Starr. Perform- oh, they were all performing with Carl? Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. That was a good performance. Yeah, that, that, was, show. that was in, in England. And again, I don't know how many times Carl toured England, but that was a, that's a really good show. Yeah, it was. I remember sometime in the mid-'80s that came out. Yep. Um, uh, what was if you If you want to see some Carl Perkins, some fun stuff, go on YouTube and, and search Carl Perkins' David Letterman. Okay. Because he was on Letterman a handful of times and yeah. just... Just rocked the place. Just okay. nailed it. 
That's good. I like performances like that. You know who also was really good live was Johnny Winter. Sure. Oh, my God. I have a record somewhere in my... Uh, I haven't put it away yet, but I haven't used it since uh, last fall. But every so often, I'll take it out to listen to for myself. And I'm not really a fan of Jumping Jack Flash by the Stones, but Johnny Winter's version kicks butt. Okay. It does. Four minutes of pure power, and it's just rock and roll. So... I thought I would mention that. All right. Well, that's okay. what, again, that's what we're doing here is we're mentioning stuff and bringing up things from our childhood or things that we remember from our past and uh, listening to different versions of songs you may not be familiar with and introducing the songs you may never heard of before. Yeah. And this is going to be this song is going to be very very familiar. That's right. From childhood, did you? Uh, my childhood. It's going to be from like seventy one or seventy two. Is the first time my mom played it for me. Okay. I'm just trying to think. Have you seen my pacifier around here? I can't find it. Uh, is it over? Never mind, kids. Let's go into the song here. Okay, it's uh, from the White Album, The Bagels, or The Beatles, and uh, you probably know this song. No introduction needed.
Those are the Mickeys right there uh, from the Instant Replay record and a song called Mick Without Max. No, the Monkeys, <laughs> Me Without You from 1969. I wanted to play that for Dave so he could hear that guitar solo in the middle. Um, that's uh, the record that uh, Peter Tork left right before they put this one out. And this was one of those, uh, you know, the last four records that the Mickeys, Monkeys have uh, when they put them out in the later 60s. Uh, they didn't sell very well because the show was gone. They put out a movie that flopped. Now it's a classic called Head. And um, But Instant Replay was a good one. Uh, half of the record was all old unreleased songs that they didn't use from their vaults so they recorded about five new ones and then five old ones from the first couple uh records that they would have had i so. need to tell a quick story about Stu back from our college days oh are you going to tell the x-rated one please do no i'm going to tell the other one. Oh, you're no i'm going to tell uh, a monkey story don't tell because the clean one i'm telling the monkey okay. story okay oh the mickey story yes um okay. I'm, I'm good with that he uh Stu brought in like a, um, uh, a, a a record holder, silver. I want to say record holder that may have held fifteen, twenty LPs. He maybe had two of them with him, but he had this one. And he brought out songs he was going to be playing and stuff like that. And then that's not he wasn't doing it to show us, say, hey, you know, are these okay. It wasn't like that. He was just showing me some stuff that I hadn't may have not been familiar with. All I knew about the Monkees was their really pop were their really popular songs: Pleasant Valley Sunday, Last Train to Clarksville, Valerie, um, oh, the uh, ballad. Um, oh, I'm a believer. No, I'm a believer. And, uh, you know, all the, the, the Neil Diamond, you know, some of the Neil Diamond stuff that what they wrote from. Um, what am I doing hanging around? Okay. And he I pulled out six feet underground. Right. No, he kidding. pulled out a silver reflective album. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's the Head soundtrack. Yeah, it's a good record, too. And I was unfamiliar. with I'd never heard of the movie. And i never heard of the soundtrack. And he played me a song called Circle Sky. And it's like, these are the monkeys? <laughs> yeah, they are. And so um, that got me interested. And so I wound up listening to it. And there are a couple songs of that off that uh, soundtrack that are on my MP3 player, and and it's the good. clip of Circle Sky from the movie is really really good. Um, the I'm concert, glad you like that one. The, the concert, the concert. Uh, it's a concert film. It's a concert setting. They're all wearing white, um, and Mickey's behind a drum kit, and the drum, the bass drum says the word drum. I remember that now. Yeah, and drum. It just says drum, and. I want to say Weird Al, Weird Al Yankovic played homage to that in the uh, parody for Smells Like Teen Spirit because I want to say there's something like the word drum on the bass drum of the drummer's kit when they're mimicking uh, Nirvana in that video. Right, but um, that, he was. that album, that is through Stu. Those oh. songs are because of Stu. Uh-oh. And, I'm an um, influence on you, kid. Yeah. No, but you <laughs> have been. But I, it's like... The mo- that destroyed the stereotype I had of the monkeys. All I knew was their two and a half or two minute pop songs yeah, that were popularized the on their TV show, and that's all I thought I knew of them. Mm-hmm. But that was like groundbreaking, mind blowing. 
that movie was psychedelic. I'm sure there were Definitely. lots of drugs involved. Uh-huh. Um, but those two songs in particular are excellent, excellent tracks by the Circle Monkeys. Circle Sky is one of my favorite Monkey songs ever. And I played uh, that for you and everybody, Me Without You, from the Instant Replay album, uh, because it doesn't get a lot of airplay, and there's a lot of great stuff off there. Um, I almost played you another song called You and I, or was it Me and You? Or whatever I think it's it You and I. Yeah, I looked at the I. jacket. And that's another great song off there. But I wanted to play that uh, just to let you know that, uh, yeah, there there's some good uh, guitar solos in there. Uh, let's go back to the head movie you know how many stars are in there well i want i think nicholson is in the movie he is or he helped uh write it or was involved in it okay yeah um i don't i couldn't tell you i don't know the. i've i i seen i've only i've never seen the movie from start to finish i've only seen parts of it so i don't have a great knowledge of all the people that are involved the, the movie was um yeah the movie was interesting you actually have to see it twice to finally get everything in it because the first time through you're like Huh? What? What's going on here? I'm not sure if I'm following. Is there a script? I know it's the monkeys. They're not really as zany as they were in the TV show, but they were a little more realistic in this one. And but head, you gotta listen, look at it twice to say, ah, I get it. Oh, this is really a very mature statement that they're making through this movie. And then here's here's the kicker for this movie. Um I'll tell you who they who was in this movie in a minute. They wanted to make a second movie real quickly after Head. And when that came out, the movie trailer, I kid you not, uh they were going to say, you know, The Monkeys new movie in, you know, popcorn bananas from the people who gave you head comes the new monkey. <laughs> they wanted so bad to they say wanted that one to, line. To, to get to try to get away with that line. Sexual thing. Yep. I'm sorry if there's kids listening, but I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. But they wanted to say that and they were they were under contract to do three movies and they could have done uh they could have done already a second, like a concert they were thinking about doing. And then do another regular uh, zany movie, whatever. Uh, what would it have been called? Uh, scalp? <laughs> I don't know. Head, Shul- scalp. Head, Shul- shoulders. Shoulders. Yeah, head, shoulders. But anyway, um, but in the movie uh, Head, that actually was a very big influence because that was a, supposedly one of the first video movies movies ever made. And, okay, in the movie we had Frank Zappa was in there. We mentioned him a couple times uh, you know, uh, through one of our shows. And then there was Terry Garr, her first big movie, her first big break was in this one. And then there was uh, Annette Funicello, uh, Victor Mature was in there, and there was a couple more people other than the monkeys. Um, I'm trying to think of the other people. Uh, Sonny Liston, was okay. the, the boxer. And one of my favorite scenes, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie was, it's actually on the soundtrack uh, of Head, was a song called Gravy. It's where Davey says, and uh, I'd like a glass of uh, cold gravy with a hair in it, please. And then you hear, uh-huh. That was Terry Garr going, uh-huh. Okay. Six seconds of laughter. Okay, and Dave's not laughing. He's looking at me like, what the heck are you talking? Anyway, I guess I have to hear it just to, just to get the context of it. Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural, perhaps baloney, perhaps not. Yeah, da, 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 da. And they go into as we go along, which means one of the songs off that record, uh, the acoustic guitar off as we go along, is played by the one and only Neil Young. Oh, really? Yep, that's the, cool. 
so he's on that. Uh, he knew, you know, like Mike Nesmith and all the guys. So, and they they knew him from the Buffalo Springsteen and all that. Oh, I'm sorry, Springfield, not Springsteen. Yeah, it's sorry. Dusty Springsteen and Buffalo Springsteen and Buff- and yeah, they're all Springsteen. String Stringstones. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's great. Um, by the way, speaking about Springsteen, I found out. I told you off, Mike, but I'll tell you, tell everybody uh, over here uh, who is listening to the show. Uh, this the song by Springsteen, "Spirit in the Night," also made by Man for Man. They made a hit out of it, kind of. Um, I found out the lake that they were talking about in that song, called Greasy Lake, was uh, I believe for all the people in New Jersey. You can correct me if you want. I think it was called. Uh, oh boy, I forgot the name of it now. They changed the name to Lake Johannesburg or something like that. Uh, Lake something. It started with a J. But I found out where I'm thinking where they would have been on a Saturday night uh, drinking a bottle of Rose or whatever it was. I don't know if there's an alcoholic uh, drink called Rose or Rosie, but that's what they were doing in Spirit in the Night. They all, four or five people, went out to get drunk, basically, at a lake. A and lake you, for- and you, found, you found where the setting of the song would have been. Yes, I always wanted to know where it was, so I did Google Maps, and that was the closest lake that I could think of that he would have been talking about. I don't know Springsteen personally, but if I ever meet him, I will ask him, did that lake ever change the name over the years? And he can say, oh, yeah, they changed the name, or whatever. I can get the full story from him. So that that would be one question for him. So if I ever met the guy, I don't believe I will, but... It, it's it'll well, be fun. Didn't uh, in a previous uh, episode, didn't Dave Swirlick mention that he had a bunch of his memorabilia because he was his A and R when he was when he would tour and stuff like that? Didn't he oh, mention? Oh, he did mention that, like uh, knives or packet knives or some other stuff like that that he had so many of or whatever. I want to say that I've got to ask Dave on this. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can get a hold of Dave. Well, you can. Yeah. Should we get a hold of him right now? No. Are you sure? Yes. Positive? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm not right. sure. I'm not All sure. Right. All right. Well, I won't call him then. Fine. Well, you, but you don't know if he's going to pick up. Well, he might. He might. It's up to you. Okay. It's your show. You decide if you want to grab the phone and actually do this. We're calling a guy. Oh, sorry. We're calling a guy named Dave here. Okay. This, this is the person that uh, we did the show with. Uh, last year when I came to town, 2019, I should say last year because podcasts are timeless. Uh, 2019, when I was visiting town, uh, Stu put Dave and myself together as part of a show. It was a three, yeah, three people. It was, it was interesting. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, Dave and I tried to be in a garage band together back in high school. Tried. Yeah, he was the guitar player and singer. I was the drummer, and we had a bass player and singer named randy herman and we never progressed beyond the Past basement the garage or something yeah but beyond uh any basement we were practicing and that was about it some of my old bands were just basement bands and they didn't want to make they didn't want to really do anything important you know they were just yeah it's just jam to beatles and covers it's like come on you guys keep saying you want to make it you want to make it well let's not discuss it now let's just play beatles and I realized after seven times of that, we're never going to make it. Yeah, we well, we never. I don't think we ever had visions of grandeur. I mean, we there are two songs we kept trying to play over and over again, and we never really got them very oh. good. We tried to play. You really got me. Uh, I was going. You really got me. I was trying to say at the same time Van Halen's version of it uh, because that album had just come out, and um, you ain't seen nothing yet by BT, uh, oh, BTO. Oh, BTO. Okay, yep. I like them too. If you'd listened to us play, you wouldn't have. Okay. 
that would have that would have pretty much changed <laughs> that. Would have ruined it for that me. That would have ruined, that would have pretty much changed it to you. Yeah, you probably would have been treating it to give it all the the, the uh, Petula Kark treatment. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I can go one better than that. Playing in a band with Dave, uh, I have a tape of us practicing music, jamming, and we were trying to be a punk band. It was just him on guitar and me on drums. It wasn't very good. <laughs> okay. And I'm not trying to knock Dave. I'm not trying to knock our performance. We were just kind of noodling around, basically. But our noodles turned to um, spaghetti. Lucky for us, neither of us were... Uh, none of those... Anything we ever did in the basements uh, practicing ever got recorded. Lucky for us. Oh, I was going to ask you if you had no, any No, oh, we, okay. we didn't have the equipment nor the desire. I would, I would not have wanted to have been recorded. Okay. I was. They always wanted me to do drum solos, and I never did. I had. I just had the stage fright type of thing, so oh. I never did. You know what? It's fun being on stage or performing in front well, of people. Well, when I was when I did stuff in like high school band, that was different. I mean, not. That's I'm not different. talking about a high school band like we were just talking about the three of us. I'm talking about you know being in the band in high school and right. stuff like that. That was fine because there was I was in the back, and there were like thirty or forty of us, so. You know, you just make sure you don't screw up to stand out. But if you're, yeah. if there's three of you, you're there's not there's there's a lot less room to hide. True, but drummers can hide behind their drum sets. The, in high school, there's a you're playing the snare drum, you're playing the bass drum, you're oh, only yeah, doing yeah, a drum yeah, kit in jazz lab. And I was in my element there because I like playing that music, and I also had a lot of people and stuff like that. So still. Yeah. I felt more comfortable than just being three people trying to do cover tunes of rock and roll and not doing them very well. Yeah. Oh, I have something. I still have to find this. And I told, you remember Dean Perlman? Yeah, yeah. Dean, uh, his brother, who was um, a Mark Perlman, who was in the Jayhawks, Jayhawks. Uh, him and I, had we were forced to write a song together. I uh, we, we were in jazz lab in high school. And we were trying to pin out this song with a couple other guys. It was uh, Mark, me... Two other guys, Jim Nosnow and a guy named Rob Brown, I think it was, were all in this little booth. We were told to write a song, take a half hour, and we had notes, we had words to it, a couple words. I was trying to um, do a rock beat for them and uh, all that, and that Mark Perlman came up with us, you know, a couple lines here. And at the end of uh, the, you know, our time, the teacher comes out, okay, boys, did you find anything? I said, no, we're working on it. He goes, oh, well, that's okay, you know, just come out right now. So the piece of paper was balled up and thrown on the floor. Luckily, I saved it. I have it somewhere, probably in my 10th grade schoolwork. Um, and I wrote down the names, Mark Perlman, myself, and and two other guys, Jim Nosnow. So I actually can say I actually co-wrote a song with one of the guys on the Jayhawks. There you go. Yeah. And I'm trying to think. I ran into Dean at one point, his younger brother, Mark, and I said, would, would Mark be interested in looking at this thing and maybe finishing it up under one condition? I get some royalties for this, for my <laughs> contribution, or I can write it with him? You never know. But, uh, you know, it's an open thing. If I can find it, I'll definitely make some noise about it. But I know it was saved. It was from March of 1979. So I think Mark Perlman, this is even before he was in the band 111-1. That's before Jayhawks or something like that. Well, I, 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 uh, Dean and I have mutual friends on Facebook. Me too. Okay. Actually, I should get a hold of him there. I hope he's doing okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Me three. Um, so, uh, anyway, we're, we're just, uh, you know, 
hopefully everybody's grabbing a cup of coffee here and uh, enjoying <laughs> the show. <laughs> so um, anyway, but that, I just wanted to tell that school story. That's cool. And it was it was true. Where's the dog? Oh, right there. The dog. Right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Maintenance number three is is doing what maintenance number three does right now. He's sleeping. Yeah, keep sleeping because then I, pretty soon I got to take you out. <sighs> it's nothing. It's it's night. Yeah, feed him. It's nice. It's nothing bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's something I should do. Yeah. <laughs> so, you hungry? No. Are you sure? Yes. Positive. Yes. Okay. I know you're hungry. Starving. Really? But I'm okay. But the show goes on. Okay. So let's do some let's do some more music. Here. Okay. Okay. Let's do one from 1965. Uh, isn't that the year you were born? No, it's late 64. Oh, never mind. Okay, you're a 64 kid. Yeah, hey, by fun. by by a week. I was okay. day after Christmas in 64. I'm a 63 kid, to be honest with you. So. Well, you're old. I, I definitely. I'm ancient. Yeah, we talked about that and yeah. the hard of hearing thing at, at age 57. I, I must have forgotten about that. I had. Uh, oh, now the memory's that. going to. Definitely. All right. Okay. What are we doing now? You're about to play a song by Cher. Oh, I was? Yeah, you're going to play Needles and Pins. Okay. Let's play Needles and Pins by Cher, and I'll tell you why, because um, that was a B-side to a single that she had a big hit in 66 called Bang Bang, written by Sonny Bono. And my mom let me pick out an Imperial record for some reason. I liked the label. And I got it home, played Bang Bang. I knew the song from the radio. Flipped the record over, as I usually did then. And I fell in love with this song called Needles and Pins. It's just, uh, It was a hit by the Searchers, but it was done by, of all people, and she's still pretty active in the music business, Cher. So from 65, Cher in her version of Needles and Pins Up.
KDX. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh my God, that's a Freudian. That's a slip. flashback. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all commercial KQWB FM 101 and AM 63. Uh, boy, that was fun to say. Non commercial KDXL 91.7 FM, St. Louis Park, Minnesota. We play more music because we feel like it and uh, we'd rather do that than anything else. No, this is Songs from the Basement with Stuart and Dave today. And uh, that was the Head Boys from 79 and a song called The Shape of Things to Come. 
come. Not to be um, uh, mixed up with the yardbird shape to thing things to come. Did I say that right? Shape of shapes of things. Shapes, yeah, that too. Shape of things to come. Also by Max Webster, Webster and the Troopers too. Max Webster, as in? Oh no, no, not Max Webster. Uh, Max Trooper. Okay. Oh jeez. Uh, you yeah, said Max really Webster. Isn't. You're thinking, making me Max think Webster of, of the Canadian. Band. Yeah, exactly. You're making me think of Kim Mitchell, Max. Kim Mitchell. You know, yeah, it's like, wait, huh? What? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I I'm have sorry. some familiarity with them, and that's not one I recognized. They they weren't that bad of a band either, <laughs> so uh, played them plenty of times actually. Uh, also, the, their producer is the same producer for Rush, Terry Brown. Yes. Well, they, they, they uh, I don't want to say cross-pollinated, but uh, they kind of cross-pollinated because they performed. Yeah, I mean, uh, Neil uh, Getty performed with them and Neil performed with them. I don't know if Alex ever did. But uh, the, 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 the best-known song by Max Webster is Battlestar. Bingo. Battlestar. And um, Getty sings background, and I think Neil is performing on there, too. I'm pretty yeah. sure. They're, they're both on there, at least them. Um, also, uh, Getty Lee is on that uh, novelty thing. Take off. Oh yes, he is. Okay. Well, you know, Canadian Canadian band Bob and Doug McKenzie were from Canada too. Like yes. Yep. We get a lot of people in Canada listening to the show. Vancouver. My God, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the stats. I'm like, really, 219 people listening to the show. I lived in Seattle for 10 years and never made it up to Vancouver. The, fur- the closest I got was one day in Victoria, but I never made it up to Vancouver. Victoria, and that's 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 a Vic- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Victoria, Victoria, totally different country. Uh, that's a that's a uh, that's a regret I have from living in Seattle is never making it to Vancouver. Oh, you should have. Yes, I, I should. Yes, I should Vancouver. have. Um, yeah, I'd like to. I uh, like to record shop. Oh, uh, should we throw this on? Yes. Okay. Yes. How about uh, how about oh um, how about this? Yes. Okay. Why not? Yeah, finish with some novelty stuff. Have some fun at the end. Why not? Okay. And how about this? I uh, can't see what it is. Mother Earth news theme. I don't know what it is. Okay. Hey, how about this one? You're gonna like this. Sure. Why not? Okay. We're gonna have a, we're gonna do a, we're gonna do a bunch of novelty stuff to close this close this episode out. Okay. We got one one other song from my childhood that uh, I talked to uh, Stuart about. And he's gonna bring up um, back in the early seventies. KQRS was the the only radio station worth listening to in town. It's in our town. A lot of people wouldn't know that one, but that's okay. okay, it's an album album it's classic a, rock classic station, rock AOR. Uh, station they had some stations that tried to compete with them in similar formats that came and went these guys have been around the whole time and back in the early 70s um around the time that um they were playing stuff off of machine head and they were playing paranoid by black sabbath they played an edited version which i didn't know was edited at the time of a song by yes called roundabout which i every time i heard it was great because I would listen to the radio specifically for a couple of weeks just to wait for this song to show up because mm-hmm. it was such a fascinating song. I love the keyboards. The uh, singer had a falsetto voice that you didn't really hear in rock music very often, so that was interesting too. But, um, but uh, I mean, their instrumentation is fantastic. Steve Howe and uh, Chris Squire, Rick Wakeman, just amazing, amazing musicians. You just and, think of something right And now. this song... Uh, Steve Howe's old band. Okay. 
And this, so this song was one I requested this through to play because it's another one of those influential songs from my childhood. Okay. And also, speaking about that KQ station, I have their, um, um, their original album, the promo copy of Fragile, that they first played when they first got it into their station back in January of 72. And I remember them playing at least one of the first times, and I thought for eight minutes, what the hell's this song? It's so offbeat and all this. And it's like the strangest song I heard at that time when I was like seven, eight years old at the at that moment. And then you get used to it, and you hear it on the radio, and now it's like, oh, but geez, 45 years later, it's still being played? Yes. I do like the, the group, yes, actually. I'm a little tired of this one, but um, we'll play it anyway. I'm sure a lot of people are saying, Yes! I am. No pun intended. Okay, here we go. Uh, we're going to do, uh, yeah, uh, one of their their first big hit, actually, yep. at least in the States. Roundabout, the 45 version. Yes, 1972 on um, KDXL. No, just kidding. Songs in the Basement.
Swinging down the street so fancy free Nobody you meet could ever see The loneliness there Inside you, hey there, Georgie girl Why do all the boys just pass you by? Could it be you just don't try? Or is it the clothes you wear? You're always window shopping But never stopping to buy So shed those dowdy feathers and fly A little bit Hey there, Georgie girl There's another Georgie deep inside Bring out all the love you hide And oh, what a change there'd be All the world would see Changing and rearranging yourself It's time for jumping down from the shelf A little bit Hey there, Georgie girl There's another Georgie deep inside Bring out all the love you hide And oh, what a change that be The world would see A new Georgie girl Hey, you're listening to songs from the basement as we uh, put on some very interesting uh, sound effects to our thing here. Yeah, okay, here, the microphone on. Okay, um, having a lot of fun here. Isn't this fun? Yeah. Um, this is a, that, the song was the Georgie Girl, not done by the Seekers. It was done by, of all people, Ed McMuffin, uh, Ed McMahon, uh, the sidekick to the Johnny Carson show. Many, many years ago, uh, it was an old talk show that was on. A lot of uh, people who were not born at the time wouldn't know anything about that. It was something along the lines of Jay Leno and David Letterman and, um, you know, some of the newer people. I don't even know who has talk shows at late night anymore, but um, that's what uh, Johnny Carson did. And uh, Ed McMuffin, uh, sorry, Ed McMahon did his own album. He did some covers, but that was maybe the best one, best song off the the record it's called and me and mcmahon <laughs> yeah johnny carson the tonight show was the standard for decades if you were a comic you wanted to appear on the tonight show if you were a musician you wanted to appear on the tonight show that Great show had are, so sir. that show had so much influence in pop culture this is before the days of cable television so um that show in the 60s and 70s and 80s uh, had tremendous influence, and that show opened up the doors for countless comedians and musicians. David Letterman got his start from there and wound up getting a show on NBC Daytime and then wound up getting the show on CBS. Uh, Jay Leno f- followed uh, Ed McMahon, or, uh, Johnny Carson as the Tonight Show host. Um, Joan Rivers was a guest host for a long time. David Brenner was a guest host for a long time. Joey Bishop was a guest host for a long time. Bob Euchre made dozens and dozens of appearances on that show. 
Bef- and that's what got him nationally known before he was a broadcaster nationally. I mean, he was he was doing just Milwaukee Brewer games, but he was also doing national games a little bit. But his ap- frequent appearances on the on the Tonight Show, he was so quick and sharp. He would just, you know, he Johnny kept having him back because uh, he was just knocking him off his chair. He was good. Yeah. He was, yeah. And so uh, Stuart brought out this thing saying, you're not going to believe who's singing this. And it's pretty damn good. It wasn't bad. Yeah. I wanted to, we mentioned um, on a previous uh, little section here uh, about Jerry Mathers singing Wind Up Wind Up, uh, Wind Up Toy. Um, I, you know, hold on. You know, when the next song is playing, I'm going to try and find that one. Right. I think I'm going to, th- if I can find it, we'll throw it on. Um, but yeah, we I wanted to play uh, Ed McMahon, uh, Georgie Girl. Roundabout right, was right before that, yes, from '72, the Ibridge version, because that goes on for eight nine minutes. And uh, but uh, yeah, Dave wanted wanted to hear it, and I'm thinking that's fine. We can play it. Well, it was and, again. We're talking about songs that were influencing my memories of childhood, and that was definitely right, one of them. Yeah. That's true, and I've been playing some stuff from my um, memories too, from my, my babyhood and all that, and high school times. And uh, if I played everything that was influ- that I was influenced by, we'd be here for another eight hours. So, but then again, that's what the show is about. I play what I want to play, so there I got it. Yeah, it's your show, so you you, you get to play it. <laughs> yeah. Now you're gonna like this next song, maybe. Uh, somebody is going to like it. We were just talking about Yes and um, uh, Steve Howe, actually. He was in a band uh, before Yes called Tomorrow, and it was out in the late 60s, and, um, 1968 it was. And But the thing is, it was the group called Tomorrow featuring Keith West. Wow, Keith West. i got to be honest with you, I don't know who Keith West is, but I know who Steve Howe is, and now I know the band Tomorrow. I'm going to play a track from it. What the heck? And um, this song we're going to play is called uh, Real Life by the band Tomorrow. Very psychedelic. I think you're going to like it. And uh, if you don't like it, you're going to be sick. No pun intended. Okay, well, let's play the song. Tomorrow, Real Life from 68 right here on Songs from the Basement. Yeah. 
Hi there. Uh, you're probably wondering what the, what the heck that was. It was an instrumental called the Mother Earth News theme, and what that was was um, a uh, Mother Earth uh, magazine in the 1970s. It was kind of one of those um, for uh, people who are naturalists, and what they did was... Um, I have no clue. <laughs> I'm trying to think of this. You were so authoritative at the time. Uh, that was pretty good. You bluffed me. Yeah, I know. It, it sounded good at the time. But uh, anyway, uh, well, it was a magazine that you could get by mail order or you could uh, go to, like, your local newsstand. Um, up here, we had a store called Schinders at one point, and you could probably find this Mother Earth News magazine. Maybe you can find it on eBay if anyone's interested. And anyway, but that was the theme to uh, their radio. They used to have radio spots uh, for, like, uh, different articles that they would uh, put on, you know, the album rock stations or the hippie stations, the all-vitamin bars and all that. So, you know, it was a natural magazine, and I always liked that uh, little song. I have a believe a belief that it could be Lee Oscar, who used to play in the band War, and I have a feeling that's one of his songs, and I just used um, used it. But I'll have to do some more research on that. Uh, anyway, one before that was Real Life by Tomorrow, Steve Howe's old band, before he joined No, I mean, yes. And um, you know, we already covered Ed McMuffin. Speaking about that, uh, food. Anyway, um, <laughs> I know, hint of wink, wink. Uh, guess what? Um, let's see here. No, don't guess what. Anyway, oh yeah, guess what? I found the Beaver uh, single. You found Jerry Mathers. Well, let's Jerry let's Mathers, let yeah. let's waste no time. Let's get right to it. Okay. I want to hear this thing. This is you're gonna like this. It's called Wind Up Toy. Jerry Mathers from 1963. Wind up, boy, that's me. Take you here, take you there. Name the place, baby, I don't care. We never kiss goodnight. A movie show and then a dance. You hold my hand, but no romance. I want to hold you tight. Wind up, toy, wind up. Wind up, boy, that's me. Turn me off, put me on. Snap your fingers and watch me run. You've got me on a string. I ain't tin, wood or steel. I want to show you that I'm all real. I do most anything. Wind up, toy, wind up, toy. Hey, when you're gonna treat me like a real life boy You operate me with the turn of a key Wind up, boy, that's me Wind up, toy, wind up, toy Hey, when you're gonna treat me like a real life boy You operate me with the turn of a key Wind up, boy, that's me. Wind up, toy. Wind up, toy. Hey, when you're gonna treat me like a real life boy. You operate me with the turn of a key. Wind up, toy, that's me. How do you like my new star? What color is that? Apricot. 
apricot. Because it goes with my eyes. Very, very few people can wear apricot. Can I borrow it sometime? No, I'm sorry, you may not. Why not? Walked into the party like you were walking onto a yacht. You had strategically dipped below one eye. Your scarf it was apricot. Yes, apricot. You had one eye in the mirror as you watched yourself gavot. And all the girls dreamed that they'd be your partner, they'd be your partner, and you're so vain. You probably think the song is about you, you're so vain. I bet you think the song is about you, don't you, don't you? You had me several years ago. To Saratoga, and your horse naturally won. Then you flew your Learjet up to Nova Scotia to see the total eclipse of the sun. Saratoga. Well, you're where you should be all the time. And when you're not, you're with some underworld spy or the wife of a close friend. Wife of a close friend. You're so vain. You probably think the song is about you. You're so vain. You probably think the song is about you. Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? Well, you are conceited and girl crazy, aren't you? Well, I'd rather go crackers. You think you're a jet set knit or something? I never saw this. Whoever heard of an apricot scarf? Goes with your eyes. The only thing goes with your eyes is a black eye. That's what. Yeah, you're paranoid. Apricot kicks butt, you know. So there. Uh, Jack Klugman and Tony Randall and a song called "You're So Vain" uh, done ruined uh, from the original by Carly Simon. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I wanted to play that for you, and you're sitting there shaking your head. Going, well, oh, God. well, I wasn't shaking my head. I was just talking. You know, it's just. Um, they ruined it. No, no, it's just it's it's the it's the type of thing where you have celebrities that try to sing, and they try to market people and stuff like that. And it's a novelty or whatever, and yep. they try to liven it up with Tony Randall doing the by play thing because he actually can sing, but he wasn't the lead in that. But um, I still can't get the Eric Cartman song out of my head from before that, the Jerry Mathers song. I, it's uh, yeah. if you would clo- if you it closed, told me to close my eyes, mm-hmm. I would have thought it would have been something from South Park. Okay, well let's put it this way: let's speed this song up. 
um, a, a smudgeon, and let's see if it's really Cartman. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let me turn it up here. Actually. Wind up, George. Wind up, George. Yeah. Hey, when you gonna treat me like a real boy? Now, yeah. I'm just gonna slow it down here for a second, and we're gonna even make it go faster. Okay, here we go, go. Operate me with the turn of a piece. Wind up, boy, that's me. There you go. How about that? It is. It's, it is very Eric Cartman-esque. Yep. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's a clean version of Eric Cartman. Okay. That was, that was, uh... That was cool. I like that. Okay, that was, you like that. But, but that was Jerry. That was actually Jerry Mathers trying to sing, and some of <laughs> the same people who wound up later putting out Blood Rocks DOA thing. Yeah, this is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, we gone from Blood Rock to Jerry Mathers in a series of shows. So uh, anyway, where I, else are you going to hear that? Uh, yeah, uh, not many people are going to play Jerry Mathers actually on any shows. Uh, for one, who knows about the record, and, uh, well, who's going to do the research on this? But now that I've got other people that know about the show, they can play it now. There so you go. All right. What's, what's this? Wait a minute. What's a McDonald's record in here? I have another one. Look at this. Is that something okay. you weren't expecting, or what? I forgot I have this. Wait a minute. No, that's not a record. But this is. Hello. And hello, uh, oh! Is it the same thing twice? I think so. You can win a million dollars instantly, or ten hundred thousand dollars instantly, if you play this record. I know what this is. Actually, I played this before, so okay. I don't have to play it again. All right. uh, unless you want to hear it. Nope, that's okay. Okay, because it's not going to be any money in it, so. Yeah, no, we don't win any money, unfortunately. Well, I just tell you thanks for shopping or thanks for stopping at McDonald's yeah, and something like or, that. You weren't a winner. Playing, you know, uh, and maybe eventually you will win. So, you know, yeah, we're right. not going to win for. Nope, we're uh, not. We know <laughs> if we are, we're not going to be able to collect. Uh, no skin off my apple. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. So I'll put this away. Yeah, the Jerry Mathers thing is just it's, it's Eric Cartman. I mean, that's that's that if Eric you Cartman. if you close your eyes and had that under. You know, watch South Park and just had that as a bed underneath it. You think that they they were perfectly fit. That, that's true. <laughs> so, anyway, let's. Um, uh, so anyway, we have the Odd Couple doing Eurosylvain and uh, Jerry Mathers as Cartman doing Wind Up Toy, and uh, we'll let's do one more and then we're gonna shut it down actually uh, for the whole thing. So hopefully you've enjoyed this show of uh, Dave Levine and Stuart Held on Songs from the Basement. Uh, this last song is actually one that. I really liked it was a, um, the first song that we tested when I got to KDXL in high school, um, and I really liked it. I was hoping this would be a hit, and it really wasn't, but it should have been. In my in my imaginary life, it was number five on the Billboard charts. And well, it was before yeah. I got to high school, so I'm going to let you ride with it. Okay. Anyway, you might like this if you haven't heard it. In fact, you have heard this. Uh, guess what? I have a tape of me doing a show at WMMR, jockeying with you. And I played this song. All right. This actual record. So let's do it, I guess. Let's do it, I guess. Okay. Yep. How Can This Be Love? Andrew Gold, the third single from his second record, All This in Heaven 2, uh, came out in 1978, and uh, hopefully somebody will like this song.
1978, How Can This Be Lunch? I mean, love, Andrew Gold. It's a, the third single from All This and Heaven 2 and all that good stuff. That, wait a minute, was that his third album? Third album, that's right. Well, who's counting in, in this day and age? Because no one really knows unless you're an Andrew Gold fan. How Can This Be Love by Andrew Gold? Great song. It should have been a hit, but it is in my mind, in my uh, glass imaginary or whatever you call that stuff. Well, in, in your mind as the radio programmer of the stars or something like that, you would have had that, you would have had that promoted and you would have had that on stations across the country and getting a lot of airplay. You would have done it. Yeah. The other hit that was off this actual record, you probably wouldn't know it, uh, Thank You for Being a Friend. Uh, and out, that out actually uh, was used for the Golden Girls right. TV show. And then the second single was somewhat of a minor hit. I'm, I'm wondering why they put that out, Never Let Her Slip Away, which is an okay song. And then this one comes out, I'm thinking this is going to be a smash. Uh, a smash as you try to smash your own equipment right i went into um uh 10th grade actually right when that came out and our station was uh, testing this record and how i heard it the first time i was actually at home listening to the radio station and i thought wow what song is that that's really good i actually called in to my old station and asked uh, the guy who was playing it i said what are you playing and he goes oh how can this be loved by under gold Whoa, great song the next morning we had school, I went in and I tried to look for the record, and sure enough it was there, so I actually took the record in my hand, this actual record, I actually own that record, and, and here it is, there it is, just to prove it's a vinyl record, and I thought, wow, what a great song, and it says September 7th, 1978 on here, release date, or that's when the station got it. And I've had that uh, ever since, and I won't let it go because it's one of my favorite songs there you go. from that period. So, anyway, that was when I started KDXL, one of the influential songs on the fall of 78. And you started eighth grade then. Lucky eight. Yeah, that was. Maybe. I, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm an old man. Not huh? quite as old as you, but I'm an old man. Yeah, it's okay. You will be old as me someday. Yeah, okay, but, maybe two years from now. Yeah, but then you'll be fifty. Never mind. That's I'll be that's in my too. 60s then. Yeah, that's just too much to think about. It's math is math. Math is hard. Not okay. math. 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 M a t h. Math. Math okay. is hard. Yeah. Well, I'm still trying to figure out one and one is two. It is eight, or is it nine? It's eleven. Eleven. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Hugs. Anyway, um, hey, by the way, Dave, did you enjoy this whole series that we did? Uh, I will say that it has been a pleasure. It's been an honor. I've had a lot of fun. I hope the listeners to these podcasts have enjoyed them as much as we have enjoyed putting them together and sharing our experiences, our songs that influenced us from uh, from day one. Day one, basically. Yeah. Um, and that continue to, you know, that we listen to nowadays, you know, 40, 50 years down the road. And I hope it made you guys and gals listening out there think about what songs and what people have influenced your musical tastes in your lifetime. Everyone's got some music they're influenced by. By the way, this is the universal thing. Food and music is really what keeps a human body's and a human body's, a human life going. Did you know that? Other than your health, of course. Yeah, that that, so. that makes sense because uh, music is important. It intertwines. It, it goes in and out. It, it it brings people together. It binds them. Yeah. It's shared experience and things of that nature. Plus, it's just it's it means something to different. Everyone can hear a song, the same song, but 
take it different ways. It hits different people differently, and that's what makes music so magical. Exactly. So that's why you heard so many strange things here um, from this series, and we wanted to stretch out a few shows here. And it's hard to get Dave um, into the basement here, um, kicking and screaming, but uh, we, we did it. We did it. Yay. <laughs> so Happy to do it. Oh, yeah. It was great. Thanks for coming down and uh, being the co-pilot here for today on Songs in the Basement. And we will have you back when you get back into town so you can tell us uh, some stories about Florida once you get back down there, because I want to hear I would be. I would love to bring you some more stories of Florida and alligators and other interesting natural phenomena. I just okay. have to survive them. You will. <laughs> just stay low. You'll be okay. Hey, if you can survive Minnesota, you can survive Florida. I like the. I like the way you think. Yeah, and it's not often I do. <laughs> anyway, I'll let you say that one. Okay, um, I'll let you say that one. There, I said it. Anyway, this is Songs in the Basement uh, with uh, Dave Levine, Stuart Held. Thank you uh, for being our guest here. And it's always fun to bring uh, people in to co-host on these shows, too. Um, but it's fun to have everyone listening, and hopefully you've listened to uh, or enjoyed this uh, part of the shows. And we'll make more for you. As uh, Jay Leno said when he was uh, advertising for Doritos uh, many years ago, we'll make more. But you got to be patient sometimes. As long as the computers are working, we'll make some more. Anyway, uh, we're going to let everybody go here, do your own thing, and we'll be back. You stay safe, have fun, be careful, and have fun, everyone. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye.
Okay, Russ, it's 1.34 on the timeline here, and we're about to do the intro for the second part of the Stu Held Dave Levine special show, part two. So uh, this is what it is. Okay, so I will give you a big old countdown and a big old testicle with it too. Ah, nuts. And I've tasted them too. <laughs> Come on, baby. Let's lick McStick. Come on, baby. Let's lick McStick. Don't use that. Okay, here we go. Five, four, three, two, testicle. Okay, Russ, this is now the, uh, <clears throat> a cough, the outro to the, to part two of the second part of, uh, the Stu and Dave Levine show. Okay, so, uh, here we go. I'll give you the countdown. Five, four, three, two, testicle. for joining myself and our special guest Dave Levine for Songs from the Basement. Oh boy, don't use this. This is oh boy, this is not good because I can't hear myself. Okay, that was a testicle. Don't use this one. Okay, so don't use this one. We're going to do part 2 of uh the outro. Okay, of uh, part 2. Never mind. So suck dicks and sperm all over the microphone. Okay, bye. Okay, Russ. Here we go. Part or take two of the um, of the ending of part two of Stu and Dave Levine. Okay, five, four, uh, four, three, two, one, testicle. Okay, Larry, this is part three of Stool in De Levine, okay? Now, I I will give you countdown now. Uh, five, a uh, four, a uh, three, a uh, two, a uh, testicle. Okay, Larry, let me give you a countdown now of the last third part 
and that's the intro. By the way, you are in the background right now because I'm on the phone with you, Larry. Okay. Why did you stop, Larry? It's the final countdown, Larry. Okay, Larry. Okay, here we go now. I give you the countdown. Five, four, three, two, testicle. Screw that, Larry. Okay, here it is for real now, Larry. Take two, five, four, three, two, test the goal. <laughs> 